0: You have just entered the Liberty Liberty Lighthouse, lighthouse. where we cut through the fog of politics with common sense and logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. Here he is, author of the book, Progress, Really? U.S. Navy Veteran, and your host, Peter Serafine.
1: Hello, my fellow patriots. Welcome. Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse for Friday, July 10th, 2020. Um, about you? I cannot turn on a television. I can't go online. I can't turn on a radio or look at a newspaper or any of those things without just getting either depressed or ticked off at the world that we have created for ourselves here in the United States of America. Never before have I been so disappointed in my countrymen. And I have so many notes about so many different topics, I really don't even know where to go, what to say, so this, uh, well, let's just jump right in and get started.
0: Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse with your Liberty Lighthouse keeper, your beacon of common sense, your wiki, if you will, Peter Seraphine. We urge you to join the conversation by calling 64-MY-RIGHTS. That's 646-974-4487. And sign up to be a member at liberty-lighthouse.com. That's
1: right. Call or text. Love your questions, comments, and concerns. And if you like chat rooms, I have created, created, sorry, a uh, Liberty Lighthouse chat room over on the MeWe social media platform. Love to see you there too. I'm not really sure where to even start today. So, um, I'm just gonna go in the order that I've got my notes written down here and hope it ends up making sense by the end. Um, the first thing I have written down is about the, uh, Supreme Court, um, and are the, Electoral College decision. Now, this is one of those unanimous decisions from the Supreme Court, which doesn't happen very often. And I have seen both sides of the Electoral College debate say that this was a good call. So I'm not sure if everybody really understands what happened here. What the Supreme Court decided was that states do have the right to recall their electors if their electors do not vote the way the state told them to vote. I I don't, I mean, that seems logical, common sense to me. The state decides how the electoral votes are cast. So yeah, of course the state should have the right to recall those people if they don't do it the way they say they were going to do it or the way that they're told to do it. So anyway, this brought to mind the, uh, the Electoral College episode that I did a few months ago and my solution to the Electoral College. Well, this and one other thing. Um, this was, this is kind of funny. Uh, I belong to a Save the Electoral College group on Facebook. I think it's uh, Electoral College Defenders, if I remember the name of it right. And somebody posted in that group about Delaware proposing changes to their electoral uh, award process. Delaware, being the small state that it is, only has three counties in the state. And because they're a small state, they also only have three electoral votes. Someone in Delaware proposed that they award their three electoral votes by the three counties. Well, that seems just perfectly logical to me uh, the winner take all rules that states have are the thing that people seem to be most offended by the Electoral College. So the Delaware, uh, rules change, the, the proposal to change to, uh, awarding their, their uh, Electoral College votes by county seems logical. To uh, it's House Bill 257 in Delaware, if you want to look it up. Well, so anyway, somebody posted this in the Electoral College Defenders, uh, Facebook group, and the outrage that I saw in the comments really had me just floored. There were so many people saying, oh, this is illegal, or we have to stop this, or it's unconstitutional, or, oh my god, that, that, that would require a constitutional amendment and all this kind of stuff. So, obviously the people making these comments don't know the electoral process, and I, therefore I don't understand why they are belong to that group. The electoral college on the federal level just says how many electors each state gets and says that the state decides how to award them. So if they want to award them by county, they can. I don't understand the outrage. In fact, I think this is actually a good idea because then any, any presidential candidate could potentially win electoral votes in Delaware, even a third party candidate. So anyway, everybody comments all scary and, and just wrong saying that it was unconstitutional. Now, between the Supreme Court decision and then the, the just guttural vitriol that came about reminded me of the, uh, Electoral College episode that I had done. And now that both the Pennsylvania State House Majority Leader and the Pennsylvania State Senate Majority Leader are from my county, my district, I thought now would probably be a good idea, or a good time, to put forth my Electoral College solution. So I put an open letter on Facebook. I tagged both of those party leaders, as well as the Pennsylvania Senate GOP. And then I copied that same article and put it on all of their individual pages. So we will see if we get a response. For those of you that haven't been listening that long, have not heard my Electoral College Solution episode from months and months ago, it was pretty simple. uh, To award electoral votes by congressional district with two additional bonus votes for the winner of the popular vote in that state. So using my home state of Pennsylvania here, we have 16 congressional districts, we get 18 electoral votes. So 16 of those votes would be awarded by the winners of each of the 16 congressional districts, and then two given to the winner of the popular vote statewide. Again, I think this is the most uh, Republican and Democrat the, the mo- I, I think it's the best possible solution. I think it's probably the most common sense solution I've ever seen for anything in government. So that of course means it. it probably won't go anywhere, but I'm doing what I can do as a private citizen. I've reached out to the leaders. All right. Moving on to the next of my myriad of topics for today. Well, 3.9 million Federal firearm background checks through the FBI were done in June. 3.9 million. If you remember, in March, it was 2.7 million, and that was the record. So in June, we completely crushed the record. That was just set in March of this year. So if you're keeping track, we are well on our way of having more firearms sold this year in the United States than in any other year in history. And why would that be? Well, when COVID started, the Wuhan flu hysteria, we got a little panicked, and we went out and bought firearms. A whole lot of people bought firearms. They had never owned firearms before. Then a couple months later, looting and rioting all over the country. So even more people went out and bought firearms. Again, many of them first-time firearm buyers. So our progressive friends who are pushing their progressive agenda are making people that would never have considered buying guns go buy guns. And, well, being that this is second amendment related and having to do with guns, I suppose it would be a nice time to introduce my sponsor again. This second amendment moment is brought to you by Hunter's Warehouse at 130 West High Street in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania. When the government was closing businesses, Hunter's Warehouse was open. When ammunition was out of stock everywhere, including online, Hunter's Warehouse had it. With thousands of firearms and truckloads of ammunition in stock. No wonder people drive for hours to visit Hunter's Warehouse. Go to hunterswarehouse.net for all of your Second Amendment needs. Hunter's Warehouse. Go see Tom at Hunter's Warehouse. I have uh, bought a lot of stuff there now. I I like that place. It's a little tiny store with a whole lot of stuff in it. Now let's talk about gun violence for just a minute. Since we're on the Second Amendment, and uh, well, firearms, and how many new people are buying firearms. I think it's, it's uh, a good idea for those of you that own firearms and are comfortable with firearms to go out and help these newbies, these people that are buying firearms for the first time. Help them be safe. Take them to the range, teach them the rules, and help them be safe. And moving on to gun violence. Have you seen a whole lot of talk about shootings lately? You know, there's all this Black Lives Matter protest stuff and Antifa looting and rioting and tearing down statues and cancel culture. Have you seen anything about shootings on the mainstream media? I haven't seen much of a mention of it. But I, I did see that New York City had uh, 65 shootings over the weekend which was a lot for New York City? Could that be because the mayor disbanded the anti-crime unit and announced that they were cutting a billion dollars out of the police budget? Could that have increased the number of shootings in New York City? Little sidebar. Anti-crime unit? Isn't that what a police force is, is anti-crime, the whole thing? Like they have a separate unit for anti-crime? That's just a silly name. I mean, it's my understanding that this, this unit was the undercover folks that were out there trying to stop crime before it happened. But anti crime is just a silly name for them. Anyway, so 65 shootings in New York City last weekend, uh, that, you know, independence weekend. So that's, that's good. You know, 65 shooting increases in New York City after you've announced big cuts to your police force. That, that's, Nobody saw that coming, did they? Not to be outdone by New York City. Chicago is keeping pace. Uh, Chicago, there were 87 shootings over Independence Day weekend. 87 shootings. And, and in the, in the last three consecutive weekends in Chicago, at least one child has been shot. In the last three consecutive weekends. Chicago, has had 1,500 shootings in the first six months of 2020. And according to National Public Radio, Chicago has the strictest gun laws in the nation. So can anybody add those two things together for me? I mean, is there anybody on the leftist, liberal, progressive side of the aisle who's pushing for gun control, who cannot see that Chicago has the most gun control and they've had 250 people a month shot in Chicago. You don't have to be clairvoyant. You don't have to be freaking psychic. You don't have to be the great Karnak to understand why this happens. We all know that the law-abiding, gun-owning citizens are not a problem. We are, by nature, law-abiding. These 1,500 shootings in Chicago were were uh, uh, perpetrated by criminals. Criminals don't follow gun laws. This is basic stuff here, people. More laws does not have any effect on a criminal and with 250 shootings a month in one city that has the most gun laws, why can't anybody see "Hmm, gun control laws don't work? This is part of the, what I'm getting disillusioned with. Why are the American people so divided over absolutely everything? Why can't anybody who is out there pushing for these gun control measures see these the, the obvious glaring problem with their solution right here in front of them? Why has this cancel culture been just run away with and, and nobody's standing up and saying, hey, you've gone too far? Why is it that I just don't understand? I really do not understand what's going on in our country right now I I, I get how it started. I get the whole you know Robert E. Lee general of the Confederacy and you know I, I get that but with any of these statues, you know Columbus, George Washington, Frederick Douglass, my God, who? I've i been over that already. I've talked about that at length on the last couple of episodes. Why can't we take the good with the bad? No one is perfect. We know that. There is not a perfect person on the planet. There will never be another perfect person on this planet. So why do we have to look? Two, five, seven hundred years into the past and dismantle history, dismantle people based on today's view of what's right and wrong. Why can't we separate out what is noteworthy as good stuff as well as what's noteworthy as bad stuff? Why can't the left look at General George Washington and see That our nation probably wouldn't have been successful without him. We would have, probably would not have won the Revolutionary War. We probably would not have had the tradition of two-term presidencies for as long as we did. But yes, he owned slaves. Like, why can't that be two separate sides of the page? I don't understand that. A little more modern. Look at Henry Ford. Some people look at Henry Ford as the great innovator who created the assembly line and basically just ushered in the true industrial revolution. And other people look at Henry Ford as a ridiculously rich man who was just evil because he was an anti-Semite. Which is true. He was an anti-Semite. He did not like the Jews. But... Other side of that coin, he did invent the assembly line. He paid his employees well above the average of the other factories around him, the other employers in the area. He promoted from within based on experience and know how and knowledge and what you could show him you could do. These are all good qualities. Yes. He was an anti Why? Why can't we teach both the good and bad about historical figures? Why must we just destroy what is there rather than change how you teach it? I, I really am at a loss. I am so frustrated and so angry with society right now that I just want to scream at people. My beautiful wife, love her to death. She, uh, well, she's become a bit of a, a conspiracy theorist, mostly since I had her read George Orwell's 1984. And she finished the book and went, Oh my God, how aren't people just screaming this from the, from the rooftops and the street corners and everywhere? Because it's so obvious. Well, we were at the store together the other day, and I, I honestly cannot remember what store. Um, we saw it at two different places. One of them was the CVS Pharmacy. I don't remember what the second one was. But they had signs that said, due to the national coin shortage, we would like to ask you to use an, uh, a form of payment other than cash. So what did my beautiful wife come up with today while I was at work? She had the brilliant idea of digging out the roughly $200 in change that we've rolled and stored over the last three years. And we, are, we put it in the trunk of the car. And the next time we go someplace that doesn't want to take cash because of a change shortage, we're going to pay them with rolled coins. I'm going to go take out as much money out of, the, out of, I uh, can out of the bank account and get cash and pay with cash everywhere. I will not quietly be forced into a cashless payment system. I will not allow that without doing something. And what I can do very easily is to start using cash every place I possibly can. And if they bring up the change shortage issue, I'll pay them with change. We got to do whatever we can do. This is ridiculous. Change shortage. What kind of crap is that? What did somebody just eat all of the coins in the United States? All of a sudden are people afraid to use coins because of COVID? Ah, I might get a virus because I'm passing coins back and forth give me a break i honestly think that somewhere somebody is just turning screws trying to figure out how they can use this covid crap to further whatever agenda that particular person has so some banker or some federal reserve employee or some progressive nut job someplace wants us to go cashless so hey If we make everybody think that there's not enough change out there, we can use that as the excuse for, hey, can you use your debit card, please? Screw you. I have lots of places I can go shop. I've gotten to the point now that I approach a store and I look at the sign on the door, how they're trying to ask me or tell me or whatever. Whatever sign on the door about the mask mandate determines whether or not I go in. If your sign at your little store, says masks required, I'm not shopping there. Maybe I'll come in and see how how uh, how you deal with it, whether you just say, oh, you need a mask. I went to the local distillery. They had a food truck outside, but you had to go inside to order. This was about two weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I don't know. Time is just all melded together. And so we went inside. I just wanted to see the menu for the food truck outside. And the guy came running to the door and said, you need masks. And I said, I just want to see a menu. He's like, you need a mask. And I said, okay, well then I'm leaving. Like there was no politeness to it at all. So I left and they lost my business. Now, had I seen something on the menu I like, I, my wife and I may very well have sat down, had dinner, drank, stayed there all night. I don't know, but you lost that opportunity. Now today, Just today, I am sick and tired of shopping at Walmart because for so long it was the only place open. And I went to go to another store to buy a couple of items and I walked up to the door and their mask or their sign, their mask warning sign, whatever said, uh, masks required for entry or something like that. There was no please in the sign. I've seen a lot of those, and I just turn around and walk away. I told you on previous episodes, I buy my milk from a local dairy, and from day one, the sign on their door has said, please wear a mask while in the store. So when I shop at that local dairy, I make sure I wear a mask because they're polite. Have we lost that? Just because the governor thinks he can mandate it or the Secretary of Health thinks they can mandate it? the, the uh, individual store owners think that they can be pricks and mandate everything to without asking. I have choices. I can shop someplace else. And that brings me to capitalism. We're coming up to a break. When we come back, I want to talk about capitalism.
0: Be right back. You're listening to the Liberty Lighthouse. Join the conversation now. Just call 64 My Rights. That's 646-974-4487. You're listening to the Liberty Lighthouse Podcast.
1: Welcome back. Now, I said I wanted to talk about capitalism next. There are so many people on the left side, so many progressives out there that point at capitalism as being, you know, just greed. And greed is the only thing that drives capitalism and that it screws everybody else. Elizabeth Warren, back when she was a presidential candidate, had said that she wanted to make capitalism work for everybody, not just the rich people. Well, you know what? Capitalism does work for everybody. If you want to go to my website, liberty-lighthouse.com, or anywhere else on your podcast provider, and you click that little support the show link, if you want to give me $0.99 or $9.99 a month, I'm not going to say no. I'll take it. Gladly, and I appreciate it. Does that make me greedy? I don't think so. Does it make somebody greedy if they invent something that everybody wants? I mean, Steve Jobs invented stuff that everybody wanted, and they didn't even know they wanted it. You didn't have to run out and buy a new $1,000 iPhone every time he came out with a new version, every time Apple upgraded it. You didn't have to run out and spend your hard-earned money and buy a new phone. You willingly gave Steve Jobs your $1,000. You willingly gave somebody who was already filthy rich more money because you wanted whatever thing he was selling. That doesn't... I mean, that, that, that's not his fault. You can't blame him... Because he made this wonderful thing that you just had to have. By the way, I've never spent $1,000 on the phone. I will never spend $1,000 on a phone. I have a lovely Samsung smartphone that I think I paid 100 bucks for. And that's about all I'm willing to pay for a phone. Because it's a freaking phone. So, back on point. Same thing goes with any company out there. Any, even little business, little shop. Like I did earlier. I didn't like the sign on the door of the place, so I spoke to them with my wallet by walking away and spending my money someplace else. If you think Steve Jobs or the Apple Corporation is evil because they make so much money, stop buying Apple stuff. That's how capitalism works. If you thought Mrs. Butterworth or Uncle Ben's or Aunt Jemima were racist, stop buying it. And... When their stock goes down, or when their company is worth less and their sales plummet, they'll figure it out. Capitalism rewards people who are responsive to their market, that that reward and and take care of their employees, and that produce something that you want. They should be more rewarded for those things. That's not evil. And for the progressive movement to think that that capitalism is the root of all evil is, is silly because point to something better. Show me a better system. Because you know, socialism has never worked for any significant length of time anywhere. Communism doesn't work, both of which, socialism and communism, is government control over business. How much ingenuity are you going to get there? How much innovation, how much do they care if you want, like, or enjoy the product they're producing or the service that they're providing? They don't. Capitalism is the only system out there where a business is more successful if they produce what you want, the way that you want it. Going back to Henry Ford, I mentioned him earlier in the episode. You know, originally, Henry Ford... When he was the only car company out there, he said you could have any color Ford that you want, as long as it was black. But when Chevy and Oldsmobile and competition started rolling around and offering upgrades and different colors and all of those kinds of things, well, look, Henry Ford had to adapt, and he started offering Fords in different colors. That's how capitalism works for you and I. Not only that, capitalism is why if you don't like your boss, you don't like your job, you can quit and go find another job. Somebody else offering more money, go find another job. Go take the job that's offering more money. Or take the fact that you could make more money someplace else to your boss and try to make more money where you are. That only works in a capitalist system, in a socialist system, you're going to have whatever job you have, whether you like it or not, you don't have any choice. The government says this is what you're going to do, and no, you can't change. Unless the government wants you to change, and in which case, again, you have no choice. Capitalism is not the root of all evil. Capitalism is is the source of freedom in your work life and in the products that you buy. Use capitalism to your advantage. If you don't like a product, a company, a service, do something about it. You know, all these people out there that, that you know, Nike, oh, well, they, they didn't put out the Betsy Ross flag on that one sneaker because... Colin Kaepernick pointed out that some white supremacist group used the Betsy Ross flag once or some crap, whatever it was. So Nike didn't put that shoe out. But Nike still employs a whole crap load of people overseas in sweatshops and child labor and stuff like that to make those sneakers. Are you still buying Nike sneakers? Well, if you want Nike, if you're willing to overlook the sweatshop aspect of it, That's your choice. If you don't like the sweatshop aspect, you don't like the idea of a company doing that to employees, then don't buy Nike. And uh, if you're going to do that, if you're going to stop buying from a particular company, you should probably pay attention to what that company owns or what subsidiary it may be or what subsidiaries it owns. Because uh, Nike owns Converse, or Converse owns Nike, or whatever. So if you're trying to boycott one of them, you should probably boy- boycott both. And i got a whole bunch of Chuck Taylors. And I like my Chuck Taylors. I'm not going to go burn them on a Facebook video or something because Nike uh, has sweatshops. But I don't think I'm going to be running out and buying any new ones anytime soon either. So capitalism gives you power. You, the consumer, you, the employee, gives you power that you do not have in any other system. So when politicians say things, say stupid things,
0: This just in! Earlier today in Washington DC, another career politician said something really really stupid. Something
1: like, I like capitalism, I just want it to work for everybody. Well, it does work for everybody. You just have to put in the effort. Capitalism is why you can come up with a product and get rich off it. Capitalism is why Bernie Sanders stopped talking about millionaires and billionaires and dropped the millionaires part and only talks about billionaires now because he got a million-dollar book deal, and now he makes he's a millionaire. So now he wants to tax the billionaires, but not necessarily the millionaires. When asked about that in an interview, what did Bernie Sanders say? Well, you could go get a million-dollar book deal, too. Bernie, you devout communist. That is capitalism, you freaking moron. See, even the communists like capitalism. They just aren't willing to admit it openly. Our Founding Fathers feared one thing more than anything else, and that was centralized power. Our Founding Fathers feared an all-powerful government with all the powers centralized in one place more than anything else they could possibly have feared, more than invasion, more than uprising or more rebellion. They feared centralized power. And any system other than capitalism, is going to usher in more centralized power. And we already have way too much power centralized in Washington right now. It's another one of the things that I'm upset about with my fellow citizens. One of the things that society has disappointed me with is that not only have we allowed Washington to suck up and absorb all of this Ridiculous a power that they should never have been granted in the first place. But there are people out there asking Washington to take on more power. That's insane. And that goes against everything our country stands for. The United States of America was based on personal freedoms, personal liberties. And our federal government is supposed to be there with the primary goal of securing and defending our personal liberties and our personal freedoms. So why have we allowed fear to motivate us to give up so much? Whatever happened to FDR? What I mean, I don't quote FDR often. But whatever happened to that?
0: this day, my fellow Americans expect that on my induction into the presidency, I will address them with a candor and a decision with the present situation of our people impels.
1: So first of all, let me assert my firm belief
0: that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance.
1: Whatever happened to that? Why have we given up everything based on fear? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think FDR was a horrible president who, who did so much to expand our government it was it was criminal but nothing to fear but fear itself well that's true and we're all so afraid that we're giving government everything right now that's just insane and why are we afraid of a virus of all things there's always another virus out there is it because this one's more deadly than the others? What well, we're finding out now, no. I mean, there are 12 million cases in the world, 548,000 deaths. That's a slightly under 5% mortality rate. And here in America, it's uh it's it's slightly it's it's about 4% mortality rate. And 45% of the cases in America are in assisted living homes. So if you take those 45% out, that drops the mortality rate down to 2%. Why are we all locked up in our homes and 30 million people out of work for a virus with a 2% mortality rate? That is fear. That is craziness.
0: Hello. <coughs> It's all right, Dad. How's your mother? She's hanging in there. Here, drink some beer. It's cool on my tongue.
1: You're going to be all right.
0: Stanley, listen to me. I have COVID. Ours. There's only a 98% chance that I will live. No, Dad, no! Listen, Stan. COVID ours is destroying our people.
1: If you don't recognize that, that was a clip from South Park from 2003 about SARS, and they were making fun of the fact that so many people were so afraid of a thing that had a 90%, 98% survival rate, which hey, COVID-19 has a 98% survival rate if you're not in a nursing home. So why are we allowing our government to put 30 million people out of work? Especially when we see that over 60% of the the uh, deaths in Kentucky, Virginia, Indiana, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Ro- Rhode Island were all in nursing homes sixty nine percent of the deaths in, here in my home state of Pennsylvania were in nursing homes seventy nine percent of the deaths in Minnesota were in nursing homes seventy one percent in ohio seventy eight percent in New Hampshire why? Are we allowing ourselves to be frightened and stifled and muzzled by a virus and the fear-mongering around it when the facts don't lie? If you are not an old person in a nursing home, it's got a 98% survival rate. So somebody told us, You've got to stay six feet away from each other, and you've got to wear a mask, and you've got to wash your hands so much that your hands dry out because you're using all the sanitizer. You've got to do these things, or you're just evil, and you want people to die. And we, the sheeple, just bit it all off hook, line, and sinker, followed along with it. Every time I go to the store and I look around at how many people are obediently wearing their masks, And standing back in lines, I am disgusted with what we've become. Why have we allowed this to happen? We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. And fear has got us doing some really, really silly things. We are handing over so much power and control to our government, it's ridiculous. They have spent so much money on this, giving handouts, trillions and trillions of dollars of just relief spending that they're, well, they're calling it relief spending, but probably half of it went to Pet Project A. We have just handed over our freedom to our government. Oh, it's okay. It's the government's job to protect me. It is not the government's job to protect you. You... Take risks every time you walk out of your house. You take risks that every time you get in your car, you take risks every time you cross the street. You decide what level of risk you are willing to take. Do you want to cross the four-lane highway with a 65-mile-an-hour speed limit? Probably not. Walk a little further to where the crosswalk is or where the street light is. That's what... You do. You mitigate your own risks for yourself because you are an American. I said when we started this episode that I can't see the news in print online or television or hear it in the radio without getting ticked off. And, of course, there's another example of that uh, just recently. But um, I'm not one of those people who's wedded to, oh, a statue to somebody someplace is an important thing. Uh, I don't, again, if the community doesn't want the statue there, the statue shouldn't be there. Well, that's absolutely right, Nancy Pelosi. If a community doesn't want a statue there, it shouldn't be there. But there are processes for that. Uh, That doesn't diminish my pride in my Italian-American heritage and the fact that uh, it was a country discovered by an Italian name for an Italian, America, Vespucci. Uh, so I have that pride, uh, but I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't
0: that be done by a, respectfully? Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night, throwing it, it into the, it the harbor? People
1: will do what they do. It, it... People will do what they do. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House of Representatives, third in line to be President of the United States, refuses to condemn the illegal activities of a mob. What country is this? If that had been a group of conservatives doing anything even close to illegal, I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would be standing up there calling to have them hauled off to prison, brought up on federal hate crime charges or some crap. But because it's people that are on the left side of the political aisle, Nancy Pelosi can't even say, oh, you shouldn't be breaking the law and vandalizing public property. People will do what they do. Remember that, Nancy Pelosi. Remember that when a mob turns to the other side of the aisle. How on earth has this woman gotten so much power? How on earth has she been elected Speaker of the House? She can't even condemn crime because it has a political agenda. You know, up until this point, the first 40 or so episodes of the Liberty Lighthouse, I have tried really, really hard not to point fingers and and blame just one side of the political aisle. I have tried very hard to present my conservative perspective without calling the people on the other side idiots or stupid things like that. I don't want to resort to name-calling. I don't want to resort to just blatant, obvious partisan policy politics. But it's really hard to remain even close to neutral. It's hard to be objective when the Speaker of the House... Refuses to condone illegal activity. The current progressive movement in our country is, is crazy. They have absolutely ridiculous demands, like defunding the police, even though as soon as they start to defund the police, you can see the murder rates skyrocket. They refuse to condemn illegal activity they set up their little autonomous zones but the minute that they realize they can't be autonomous and they need help from the outside they you know scream them and holler about that oh you wouldn't bring your ambulance in past our armed guards and through our barricades you're a racist i'm i'm tired of it i am so fed up i just i honestly can't believe it anymore I can't believe that our country has come to this. You know, a year ago when I wrote my book and tried to get people to look at the progressive movement and say, hey, you know, maybe we've gone too far. You know, at some point we've got to draw a line and say this is enough progress for now. And now, you know, one year later and our progressive movement has turned full-on Marxist at this point. You, you know, you can't say mean things. Hate, that's hate speech. And, you know, you've got to ban hate speech everywhere that it exists. But, you know, if you don't say anything, silence is violence. So you're leaving me no choice but to say what you want me to say. And that is not free speech. We need, we need common sense gun legislation. After all, you don't want the mentally ill and the criminally insane and and felons to have guns, do you? You know, hunting weapons are okay. Let's take Elmer Fudd's hunting shotgun away. Because that's scary. We don't want little kids seeing cartoon violence with a shotgun from a hunter. Big corporations are evil. We need to redistribute the wealth. Let's give hundreds of millions of dollars to massive organizations because they fit the political agenda of the left. They like, Hey, you know, we're bankrupt. We're 20, whatever trillion dollars in the hole. Now let's keep giving money to the Smithsonian and and other public interest arts projects while millions and millions of people are unemployed because of our government forced scare tactics down our throats. But you know, Big companies are bad. Well, except for the Smithsonian and uh, Planned Parenthood and uh, Arts and Humanities. Yeah, no, no. Those aren't bad. Those aren't. Yeah, no, no. Make America Great Again is racist. You can't bring back American companies. You can't demand that we buy American goods. Well, not until Joe Biden suggests that we uh, invest money in having the government buy American goods. and Then it's, oh, oh, no, that's different. When Trump does it, ah, he's a racist bigot. But when Biden does it, ah, well, that's okay. The blatant partisan politics is disgusting me. I'm, I'm honestly angry at the way our world is going right now. Our nation is going right now. The progressive side of the aisle has resorted to mob rule. They, they sway and Whichever way the mob tells them they should. Whether it's Black Lives Matter or Antifa or whatever. Whoever's making the most noise at the moment, that's the way the left side of the political aisle is going to lean. And lean heavy. Certainly not saying that the right side doesn't swing with 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 the breeze as well. But right now, all of the wind is coming from the left. And man is the political, uh, left leaning. Mayor de Blasio in New York City, he's, you know, the, the increased in COVID cases. We've got to lock down and ban large groups again. Got to tighten the, tighten the grip. But if you're a Black Lives Matter protester, that's okay. In fact, if you're a Black Lives Matter protester, I will come out with you in front of Trump Tower and paint Black Lives Matter on the street. With, you know, right alongside with you. me and Al Sharpton will be there painting Black Lives Matter on the street in front of Trump Tower. The hypocrisy that has reared its ugly head in both politics and news coverage. It's 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 startling it's frightening. It is Orwellian how are we the people how are not you know the, the the silent majority as we seem to call ourselves why aren't why isn't anybody in the country that has even a modicum of common sense standing up and screaming hey stop this you fools we see your hypocrisy we see your bias why aren't we doing that is that where trump got elected? Is that how he got elected? Because the so many people saw the corruption and latent hypocrisy within our government that they wanted somebody who didn't come from the government? If that's the case, I hope it happens again. I hope that we get a whole lot more people from outside of government elected this November. Remember, Your House of Representatives representative is up for re-election this year. And there's a 33% chance that your senator is up for re-election this year too. Do some research. Put some people in Congress that have a little bit of common sense. All right. Um, We're almost out of time. Thank goodness because my blood pressure is going through the roof. Uh Like I said earlier, I made a MeWe chat room. So if you go to MeWe.com, search for the Liberty, Liberty Lighthouse group, you can join the chat there. Uh, as always, you can follow me on the social medias at P. Seraphine. That's P-S-E-R-E-F-I-N-E. If you've got more money than you know what to do with, click the support link and, uh, you know, give me 99 cents a month. So I know you'll love the show and I keep going forever and ever. This is Capitalism, my friends. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there is no getting them back.
0: God bless them. Thanks for listening to the Liberty Lighthouse Podcast. Be sure to sign up at liberty lighthouse.com to download Peter's free ebook from the file share page. And don't forget to call 64-MY-RIGHTS to leave comments for the show. That's 646-974-4487. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about Liberty Lighthouse. And wherever you listen, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.